Welcome back, audience, to another episode of Nightcaps at the Theater, our amuse-bouche-sponsored segment where we watch pop culture so you don't have to. I'm uh, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, and I can hope by the end of this episode we all have uh, a bit more of a wariness towards landmines. It'll all make sense, I promise. (laughs) And who am I with, digitally, still quarantined? Well, this is Matt, number one on all... uh... GameStop pre-order lists oh. for the PS5 in the New Jersey slash New York area, Cabrera. Man, and uh, I'm a bowl of steamy hams, Mark Zebro Jr. Mm-hmm. I should have said a plate, but it, you know, bowls just came out first. <laughs> I love to eat my steamed hams fresh from the bowl. <laughs> just mash them around in there and pour them down my gullet. <laughs> Um, Please, yeah, can, so... I, can I have some more? <laughs> more? More? Uh, that, that, that was my first uh, stage appearance. As was... Mr. Bumble? Yeah. Wow. Never a, bo- never a boy had... Fuck, I already fucked that up. <laughs> never a bowl. <laughs> Your first and last. <laughs> uh... You never work in this town again, kid. <laughs> Why did we get a kid to play Mr. Bumble? <laughs> makes get, no sense. Why did we get a kid to play uh, Mr. Bumble in this kid production? <laughs> Oliver Twist Jr. You're too awful even for the kids. <laughs> You're uh, cr- Captain, <laughs> Captain Hook. Hook. All right. Well, I want to tell someone to shut up, so I guess we get into our first segment. Shut up, weeb. Devoted to anime. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one thing, and it's it's very little. I've got okay. zero, so I'll go first. <laughs> I I think I have three things. Uh, well, we know who the weeb actually is. I almost, it, was, it was it was almost four, but I'll save it for next time. Oh, hmm. Hmm. all right. Um, I'll go first since it's one mini thing, and then you can have the rest of the floor to yourself. All right. Um, recently added to Netflix, one of my classic uh, children's series. Making me fall in love with the magical girl genre. We've got Card Captor Sakura. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of this. I, yeah. I liked the show a lot when it came out. Yeah, but it's not the dub we remember. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they changed uh, the dub. Well, no, it's the original dub. Um, I think the I think it was on WB Eleven. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday it might have been mornings. the Fox Box or whatever it was. But I I used to watch it, and the dub was a lot more um, funny. Uh, this is more realistic. I didn't know that Sakura was in the fourth grade. That skipped my mind, but I, I do like the principles of the magical girl genre. It's very uh, monster of the week show. You come back, there's a new outfit. It's cute. And as a near 30 year old man, I guess uh, I feel confident in my own tastes that I appreciate watching card counter. Yeah. Hey, Sakura. you're the target demo. I think 
Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about why uh, uh, fourth grade uh, is so heavy. Well, no, I thought she was in high school what, first. Was there some attraction that was no. going on back then? No, I just thought she was in high school, and then I realized it's just the way she's animated. <laughs> okay. Well, when, when we were young, fourth grade seemed like uh, we would never get there. It was so far off. Yeah. I felt that way in eighth grade. <laughs> Um, but that's all I watched. Uh, I mentioned it more on my other podcast. Anime was not a mistake where you could tune in and get the finer details, but uh, that, that's it. I'll shut up. That's all my weakness. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess first up, uh, I'll strap in. I, I, I watched, I watched a little bit of shit this, oh. uh, these past couple weeks. And uh, Just I guess a little, I guess I'll start off with a, a lovely uh, tale as old as time. And that's a uh, Warhammer 40 K ultramarines. <laughs> Is this an anime? <laughs> uh, technically, yes. Mm. It's pretty weeby. I mean, depending on how you kind of view Warhammer, because it might be the nerdiest thing that's yeah. uh, ever existed. Mm. Uh, so if you're if you're on if you're not sure uh, in the world of Warhammer 40k, uh, oh, there's nothing but war. You know, <laughs> it's just raging factions of like insects uh space elves there's also space dark elves that 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 represents or that are come under influence from a space succubus god mm. there's the there's there's chaos you know the nature of chaos can i just say i hate this already yeah, it, it, it is the nerdiest thing in the world. But it is the nerdiest on. thing in the world. But but uh, I've been I've been fascinated by it for years. I uh, <laughs> I I don't know just because it's it's existed since like the late '80s, and they just they've put out countless because it's a tabletop game, and they put out countless expansions for it and expanding on it and like characters and it's it it's truly a work of wonder how it's it's existed for this long. It's it's definitely nerdier than Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I it, I don't know. It's it, it it fascinates me. Maybe it's just because of giant mech suit men and you know the the Imperium of Men. So so th- let's get into the movie, shall we? So it focuses on this 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 chapter house um, of uh, space marines, which are are now sent on a mission to they have to rescue this other that uh, uh, faction of space marines also there's there's actual voice talent in this like uh there's terrence stamp and there's john hurt mm-hmm. uh, uh th- those are the yeah they've actually got actors for this like did this kill like, john hurt no if, if anything it just uh <laughs> heightened his career mm. <laughs> this this got him the role in v for vendetta Oh <laughs> no! I actually I, I've been trying to IMDb this. I can't find it anywhere. Um, <laughs> no, but I wonder why. Delete it from the internet. It's got the appeal of like a a YouTube video that was like like that was uh, partnered with Machinima. It could have been actually. I don't even know when this movie came out. It feels like it's like a a mid two early two thousands movie. Are you sure you didn't just make it up completely? Oh no, no, absolutely not. In fact, I must have found this earlier when I was first like, uh, like, I think when Dawn of War two first came out, and that was like an that was like a a role an RTS game that came out for PC some years ago. But uh, I, I listen, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, just animation's very poor. Um, I mean, the the only like 
good thing about it might come from the voice performers like and, and that's just not just from like terrence stamp and john hurt but like even the supporting cast members but like it, it's it i don't know it, it's it's a bit weird and i i don't recommend it i i i just it was late at night i it must have been last saturday when i watched it too you and were desperate there's no other tv to watch <laughs> that's right and uh and yeah, I must. I I was like, I was having insomnia. I watched it late at night. It's about maybe an hour and a half long. It's free on YouTube, but like I said, I don't recommend it. If you're maybe you're you're someone who's trying to get into Warhammer 40k, then go right ahead. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that, that's as much as I can say about it. Yeah, the it's, only thing I know about that franchise is that my brother, he used to work at GameStop, and it seems like every day after work, he would come home with a different expansion. Not that he bought, oh. like the store was just trying to clear out. <laughs> there were countless of them, and they were lying uh, on the floor everywhere. <laughs> did he Did he get to paint any of them? To paint them? Yeah. yeah, there's there's like model kits too, like yeah. little, little figurines. People make I, battlegrounds, I like yeah. like giants, like an insects, like like succubuses. Succubi, Mark. <laughs> yes, yes, that thing. <laughs> but uh, it it's it's a pretty crazy cr- crazy game to get into, and I, I don't see myself doing that unless that I'm I just go insane. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'm still stuck in my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. I start. I start the Warhammer 40k podcast, oh, which, I'm, no. which I'm pretty sure there's a plethora of those out there right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's a uh, that's that's that for that movie. Uh, next one up. Oh man, what should I talk about here? Oh, John, you were, you've already talked about this one before. I watched the Midnight Gospel. Oh yeah, I liked it. Mm. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I I, I do uh, see what you get across here when it comes to the kind of drunk history aspect where people just kind of talk mm-hmm. and then uh, they kind of animate around that. But then they add it in a little bit of flair to like an actual storyline that's kind of progressing for each episode mm-hmm. with uh, this character Clancy. Uh, I think when I first got to like, I think before you start talking about it, I saw an interview with uh, the creator. I think Duncan Trussell is his name, I think. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he was talking with Joe Rogan on his podcast podcast about it and i was really quite intrigued by it and uh, like that came from the trailer to that release and i was like what is this and then like that's when i got to kind of further uh hear about uh you talking about it, it was like very like podcast formats and like you know that's kind of like the uh aesthetic that's what they're going for um i really like the animation it gets a little mm-hmm. distracting from like what kind of topics they're talking about for each yeah. episode but uh yeah you kind of get lost in the sauce but uh mm-hmm. it's um if anything it kind of makes me want to go back and uh kind of re-listen to like some of those topics that they talk about especially when it comes to like the cryptic nation of death and rebirth and Mm -hmm. you know like like how how you kind of live your life uh i think one one of them struck me was the episode when uh he's uh stuck in the uh the rebirth prison oh yes and uh you know they're talking about you know not to bring up games again but it's like it's like oh you've been grinding in warcraft for like x amount of hours dude get just get up get out of the get away from the computer that's not a real that's not a real person you're wasting your time right now like doing that (laughs) like that's that's not you're not living right now by doing that it's like yeah yeah you're right well Uh, i'll just put those 150 hours that i put into persona in the corner (laughs) and i'll go cry myself to sleep now won't i but i think that's also more for the fact where how obsessive people can can 
can become just like <laughs> sitting full time in front of their PC and like not like or like even their TV or, or whatever, any kind of like electronic device and not wanting yeah, to. I'm like, not obsessed. I could stop drinking anytime I want. So just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really dig it. I, I, I think I didn't finish the last episode. And that's when he's talking with his mom. And uh, I caught a clip of that. And that's what kind of really kind of propelled me forward to uh, want to watch it. And uh, you know, like I think, like his mom when his mom's talking about like uh, her, I think her having like terminal breast cancer, and uh, so yeah, I caught a clip of that on YouTube, and I kind of like maybe want to like kind of it really like pushed me forward to start watching the show. So uh, yeah, you know, like it's like, you've already said this, you know, it's eight episodes. It's really unique quality. Uh, I love Pendleton Ward. I love his yeah. his style of uh, animation and directing. So yeah, I I recommend it. Uh, go check it out. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, last one up. Uh, if uh, the Zencaster name didn't fool you, uh, I watched uh, Akira mm. for the very first time. And boy, boy, oh boy, did I like it. Duh! I loved it. Oh, yeah. it's It's got one, one of the best openings. Uh, very, very, uh, and if anything, if that doesn't pull you in for the, for the, for the ride to come, I don't know what will, uh, it's, it's astounding. It's, it's yeah. definitely, definitely, uh, definitely holds up for when it, I think, what was it? 1993 or so around it, it was in the eighties, I think 88. Yeah. Oh shit. Really? I didn't even, uh, decide to, it might've been the, another of like the new dubs. Cause I know like there was like three dubs going around at one point. Yeah. From what I found. Oh, 1988. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I caught the original English dub, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's not like terrible. I mean, no. it, it's, it's bad in, in its own like charming way. Uh, and then I know they redubbed it, but they kept a, a lot of the same like vocal performances, uh, uh, including uh, 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 Canada or how he's pronounced Canada <laughs> in the English dub. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 beautiful, and I love the music, man. Oh, the, yeah. if, if that, that that's something that really like made it like entertaining and eerie at the same time, and you know, it's it also keeps uh, a little bit of that. Uh, Oh man, um, uh, Madoka Magica vibe towards the end of it too, and, and it, it kind of like leans into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, and then it just kind of pro- progresses forward. I I was a little bit confused by like what kind of premise they were going for, and like 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 what is Akira, and like what how like how often they're talking about him. And man, I don't even want to spoil it here. I know how old it is, but if like if you haven't seen this, it there's a free. I, I again, I watched this on YouTube, and it's actually in very high quality from uh. <laughs> how i viewed it uh, it's also on tubi <laughs> that's right the other free platform and it's uh well it is on hulu if you like commercials <laughs> <laughs> that i don't but uh it, you know it, and it actually kind of propelled me to watch it again now with like uh now that i've seen the english dub i want to go back and i want to watch it with the original japanese dub read the manga and uh <laughs> yeah maybe I'll, I'll i'll read the simpsons manga it's huge <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. I, I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I I, I like my. It, it was just like that movie. I, I could not pull myself away from. Like I was just glued to my television watching it. Mm-hmm. It's uh yeah. It really does stand the testament of time. And yeah. uh yeah, you know I, that's 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 all I have to say about it. Really, I I, I just enjoyed it. 
Um, it was one of my introductions to anime, and I remember being horrified by that movie because, um, yeah. you know, like certain scenes, I was a very, and I am a very nervous person, so like the scenes where like Canada's guts and intestines fall out of his stomach yeah. may have traumatized me just a smidge as a child, but eventually I got into like the grittier anime, but I'm still, I don't know, there's something about animation violence and gore that, mm. that I don't I want to say trigger, it, like it doesn't upset me, it just... Sets me on edge, kind of, sort of. Well, it's it's funny you say that because, like, I think the first clip I saw, without even knowing it, that it was Akira, was the um, the uh, the sequence with the with the toys. Oh the yeah, milk. scares the shit out of me. It it it, it just like popped up. It, it, you know, it's one of those like you know people will like share this on YouTube all the time or on no, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and they'll just like, oh, like these random anime clips that are like that's that's either <laughs> that like all, fun or. Or disturbing, and there'll, there'll be one anime. Uh, I, I won't mention it now, but I'm 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 prepping myself to watch it. I think it, all twelve episodes are free on on YouTube, but it, it's it's the one with the bunnies uh, that uh, I'll just uh, I'll say. Well, all right. Um, but uh, it's uh, the, yeah that 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 bedroom sequence with 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 the bear and, and the car, and it's like what is mm-hmm. happening right now? Mm-hmm. And like watching it out of context, it, it, it's really trippy. But uh. Yeah, it that I I think even the most uh, horrific part might be like once he stumbles out of the, out of his room Tetsuo, and then he just kind of like mauls the doctors. Oh yeah, uh, from fr- from a distance, and I think that's that's almost more horrifying than seeing it up close because you're also wondering like oh my god what the hell just happened, um, but yeah it's a it's it's a trip. Yeah. And yeah. now you'll be able to fully understand Kanye West's stronger video. Oh. <laughs> because it's just all from Akira. Yeah. He recreates uh. Akira. <laughs> I don't think I watched the stronger music video. Well, now you can go and... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Support Kanye West. <laughs> Is that one of those videos that's like 30 minutes long? No, it's just... Do. No, it's just a... I, I thought it was a... I, I mean, as when I was watching the video, I was like, oh, okay, I get these references. I have to go back and check it out. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, it's probably been at least a decade since I watched that one. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> oh, also, uh, I I, I was uh, I forgot too about this, but um, uh, I I think it's on hold right now. But uh, Taika Waititi is supposed to direct the the live action. Oh, oh it's been on hold, but, sweet summer child, for I, <laughs> as long as we've been in, in I, existence. I can't see that that movie being translated into into live action. Yeah, Neither can really. Hollywood. Not even, not even like a genius like like Taika. I don't think can really pull that off without like studio meddling. Mm-hmm. It's I I don't know. I don't, I can't see it. That's probably Neither why he hopped on Star Wars. He's like, fuck <laughs> this shit. I'm just gonna ruin my career. <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm going to another sinking ship. Bye bye. <laughs> I just just keep making movies like like uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I just want to mm-hmm. keep doing. Stick to your guns. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all. That's all I gotta say. All right. Well, I did uh, realize that I do actually have an entry for oh. <laughs> Shut Up Weeb. Uh, it's yeah. not something I have watched yet, but I did order. Well, let me see what the fuck this is called. Oh no. Okay, so there was a price mistake on uh. teasing Master Tagagi-san. Huh. <laughs> Hold on. 
the complete series on Blu-ray. It's supposed to be, I think, like uh, twenty-five or thirty dollars. I got, I got, uh, I got it for seven dollars. It is very likely that I will never watch this, but um, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> it's supposed to be good, kind of. Is it a new anime or like a, a '90s anime? No, it's it's new, uh, and <sighs> it's just like I don't know, like chibi style. 10 year olds uh i i think fall in love i think i i <laughs> oh boy oh um, yeah i don't i it's not it's not like chibi but like they're children definitely <laughs> yeah. they're just drawn that way <laughs> and yeah i just found an image of all right oh no <laughs> so it looks pretty bad i don't think i'm uh, actually gonna get around to watching it i will probably uh, discard of it on my eBay account. <laughs> and, um, did they? No, did they meet Hatsune Miku here? They might have. Oh, oh, all right. No, well, oh, I'll, I'll be. I'll be avoiding this. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, but um, not if I pick it. <laughs> oh no! It's not watch. a movie. It's if, not a movie. You can't. You can't. No, we'll, it's we'll, a limited, we'll veto it. It's a limited series. But um, what was interesting is I, I was getting a price match for this on Target to take advantage of the price mistake. And the person who was helping me, was assisting me over live chat, ended up being a huge anime fan. And then oh, they uh, kept on wanting to talk to me about it. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I don't really watch, but I'm trying to get into it. You didn't plug our podcast. <laughs> you know what? As soon as I closed the window, I was I, I forgot. I was like, damn, heat. I should have invited him to... Uh, we could have added to our at least three viewers. <laughs> I know. I felt bad. And uh, if I could, if I ever run into him again on my price matching adventures... I'll oh, be I found sure a manga. <laughs> yeah. I can't watch a manga. Teasing, <laughs> teasing Master Takage-san is Japanese manga series by... Uh, a name I can't pronounce. Hmm. The series features the daily life of Takage, who loves to tease her... Uh, classmate Nishikata and uh, Nishikata fails attempt to get back at her an anime television series adapted by Shin E animation and aired from January 8 to March 26 2018 hmm. that's pretty old apparently it's got a, <laughs> it's got a following yeah yeah pretty old unlike those kids I think those kids might be younger than 2018 these kids are like 10 year olds even maybe younger well if sakura's anything to learn by she's in fourth grade so <laughs> oh, that's crazy maybe um, they go to school with her when i when i was in fourth grade i was still reeling from 9-11 but sakura oh over there was God, way to get dark <laughs> sakura was just prancing around with her cards all right. Well, I don't think we could ask for any better transition than that. So let's take it to court, fellas. We're going to TV court. Cool. Who saw TV? I, I guess I'll go because okay. uh, I had nothing for the anime segment. And I'll try to make this quick. This is ABC's Summer of Fun and Games. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> and so... Um, who Wants to Be a Millionaire came to a close with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Anderson Cooper, I thought he was smarter than he was, but he did not do very well <laughs> on this. Um, and neither he nor Andy Cohen were able to figure out that a Scoville rating refers to spiciness. Um, I would have known that as been a fan of, of Hot course. Ones for at least a week. <laughs> exactly. I feel like that's common knowledge. Yeah. But um, anyway, they also don't know geography. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Holy Moly was rather uneventful. You know, <laughs> Still not over that show's <laughs> name. <laughs> well, sorry. Holy Moly to the sequel. <laughs> um, apart from that, let's see. Ultimate tag. Not too, not too great. <laughs> ultimate tag ultimate tag it is exactly what you expect it's like an obstacle course of people just trying to tag each other and these are some of the best taggers in the world (laughs) but um it is kind of i I do laugh at it quite a bit because they're like harnessing 90s wwe energy Mm. even 80s like every character they're not even people they're characters on this show they have their own shtick like one is called um what's he one is called the kid and he's like he's i don't know he's young he's like seven he's a child maybe <laughs> yeah, he's like a literal four-year-old <laughs> like i heard you guys were playing tag and it's like adults just beating him to the ground no so there's this guy called the kid and like each person when they're kind of announced um when their entry into the ring is announced they have like little inter cards intercuts where they uh you know just introduce themselves and they're like i'm the kid and like this whole thing is my playground (laughs) and there's another one i forget his name i think it's the geek and he's like i'm gonna fry your circuits (laughs) (laughs) it feels like this feels like I'm watching next on uh, MTV. <laughs> <Or Glow. laughs> it's so bad. I do love a good caricature. So it's uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, I, I don't care about the tagging, but every time those uh, characters come up, oh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, there's one called the Banshee. <laughs> she and just screams. Yes, that's exactly what she does. <laughs> every All right. single time. I I think I may have to give Ultimate Tag <laughs> a uh, watch. I did see a, a commercial for this, and it, it, it did seem enticing. <laughs> I, you know, sports are not around anymore. Sports are canceled. So what are we going to do? Got to spend al- some time. This also this this makes me think uh, of a movie you may have watched that may have inspired this this uh, this perusing. Yes, tag. I watched a half of that. I didn't get around to the second half, but I like the concept of that movie, which I, mm-hmm. I hope to. I hope you're referring to Tag. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but um, yeah. Well, apart from that, Celebrity Family Feud was a uh, pretty decent. They had a uh, Queer Eye Netflix family versus the OG Queer Eye. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that? Bravo. Yeah. Uh, family. And, the universes. Uh, <laughs> they're colliding <laughs> it, it was kind of fun seeing the interactions between between both parties um let's see other than that to tell the truth they had a couple good uh couple good weeks one of them was uh somebody was just the contestants had to choose like who was the proper like world championship cosplayer or something like that <laughs> it's and, yaya uh, i watched heroes of cosplay <laughs> and one of the people revealed themselves they were in a no face costume and uh it was actually a pretty interesting no face costume and he revealed himself to be none other than uh paul rubens peewee herman himself wow wow so that was pretty fun to uh to see and there was uh there was one other thing that happened on to tell the truth but i forgot what it was so i guess it's not too important um let's see other than that we had uh the ryan reynolds produced show called don't uh, that took the place. Don't of- watch. Yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's how he uh, markets it in the commercials. He's like, uh, "Don't watch it," and then he's like, "You know, oh, this is going to be a tough sell." 
So, uh, so the show does have um, lots of vocal narration by Ryan Reynolds, and you know, it's like his his brand of humor. You know, pretty snarky and sarcastic, and it's it's mostly fun. It's hosted by Adam Scott, who is okay in this role. I mean, I really like him as a person, but um, maybe I, I think maybe he's just like a bit too low energy and a bit too snarky for this show. But um, uh, I'll, I'll tune in for a few more episodes uh, just because I like the talent involved. Uh, the people in the first episode, I think they chose the right family to introduce audiences to. Uh, the contestants in the first episode were a very Italian family from Brooklyn. So they were just fun to watch. And um, yeah, it's they they I don't know. They just have them do various things like um, uh, I can't even explain some of them. But what, what, it's kind of bonkers but one thing that's like did, double dare pick this giant nose a little bit a little bit one thing that they did was um one member of the family had to uh eat spicy peppers um like six of them in total in uh increasing degrees of uh i don't know spiciness scoville yeah, yeah. eventually they got to uh scoville what is that <laughs> eventually they got to a ghost pepper which is a uh, 1 million on the Scoville chart and the the key to like earning more money was don't drink water or lemonade or uh, milk that mm-hmm. host Adam Scott was pouring and like teasing in front of this guy oh. um, but eh, it was okay sounds cruel <laughs> uh, yeah a little bit kind of was a little bit I was squirming um, he could have easily gone to the hospital after that. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, apart from that, that covers, uh, ABC summer fun and games and, uh, not much more to say other than that. I finished the latest season of Brooklyn nine, nine, and it was rather strong. Uh, season finale was a, a tiny, tiny bit weak, but you know, it's still consistently good show. Uh, if you liked all the other seasons, you'll like this one. And I started watching, that was my dishwashing show. And so once it ended, I needed to find another. And I decided... You must I, uh, have the cleanest dishes. <laughs> yeah, I just take forever to do them. <laughs> You're just constantly washing them, the same yeah. dish. And uh, after that, I moved on to King of the Hill. So I've only uh, I've only gotten one and a half episodes in. <laughs> but, uh, was it that hard? A gem. No, I, that show that show has grown on me. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. (laughs) That boy is not correct. (laughs) Uh, So the the pilot episode was, um, it was a little bit rough around the edges, but I think all pilot episodes before like 2010 are. So I forgive it a lot. It has a great cold open, um, like a great introduction to the show. The very first episode's cold open is just the four guys standing around. Uh, drinking beer and they're they're really just talking about nothing and then uh, one of them's like uh, hey did you guys watch that Seinfeld last night and they're like nah I missed it or one of them was like uh, yeah no, I watched it it was crazy Kramer did the de- 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 thing and, and then, uh, that's Boonhauer how do you not know who Boonhauer is <laughs> well I don't and think Dale <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember exactly who said it <laughs> well you did the Boonhauer voice yeah, I so. did do the Boonhauer voice I don't remember if he was the one saying it but uh, it was kind of incoherent so it's likely but uh, yeah they were just like man those New York boys are, are crazy just imagine a whole show about nothing and then there's like a long pause a long silence where they just drink 
Uh, so that was fun and clever, and I appreciate it because I, I fucking love me some Seinfeld too. <laughs> and um, the second episode had a great line. It's about uh, sexual education and how they're teaching it in the public schools and how uh, the people in this community won't stand for it. And so Bobby is uh, trying to learn about sex ed, but <laughs> Hank is reluctant to teach him about it because he's, uh, you know, nervous and doesn't want to talk about that stuff. So Hank okay. is like, what, what do you know about sex ed already, son? And Bobby's like, well, I don't know much, but I guess I am a little worried about being a slut. <laughs> I love Bobby. Oh, I stand him. And, uh, okay, Dad. There's one scene. I've, I don't know what season, but it's like checking out his sister and he's on the thing. And he goes, hey, hot stuff. And then Bobby turns up and he's like, hey. <laughs> uh, I love the delivery here. Just the voices really make it so, so great. I, I think Peggy might be the the worst character on that show. Oh, a lot of people say that, but I mean, I, no, she yeah. she is uh, like yeah. every, everything that she tries to do, is she says like, "Oh, it's with best intentions," but it's like it's like her trying to like like trying to better herself or like trying to make excuses to say, "I'm a good person." Oh, I'm a good person. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, you're not. You're horrible. Every episode, I just, I just, I just dislike her with a stain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, 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 to bring it back to Akira, I'm watching a parody right now of Hank Hill. Oh, and it's called this called it's, it's called uh, that boy ain't right, and it's like famous uh, uh, photo of um, Canada walking back to his bike, but it's it's Hank Hill <laughs> uh, walking to his his lawnmower, <laughs> <laughs> and now he's fighting a, a big blob of Bobby. <laughs> oh, it's it's horrifying. Uh. But uh, yeah, that's that's all that I got. <laughs> all right, I guess I'll let Mark continue watching as I um, go over my TV court. Then I've got a few things. Uh, I'm going to start with RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars season five is back, and um, there's some new twist here, <laughs> some new enjoyable fun twist. Um, which I loved that they took, like, you could see the people's uh, faces strain on the internet as we try to comprehend what this twist is. So, um, essentially, back in the day, in my All-Stars, it was uh, two of the tops were chosen each week, and they would have a lip-sync battle for that week and get some prize money out of it. So, Mm -hmm. simple enough. Rue said, no, I'm fracking now, it's going to change everything. I want to (laughs) spice things up. So, Rue said, instead of choosing two winners a week. I'm going to choose one. And then we're going to hire back a mysterious lip sync assassin from past seasons, past winners, whatever. Good, good so far. And then if the assassin wins, the people who, the the rest of the cast, they vote survivor style, a la who's going to leave the competition. And if the original winner wins, then they pick someone to go. (laughs) So it it sounds complicated, but in practice, it, it, it works out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also like how uh, the money stacks. So, like, if the lip sync assassin wins, the 10 grand that they would have won stacks over. So, we just had uh, Shea Coulee, one of the best. She just won 20 grand for three minutes. And she said, that's the biggest amount I've ever been paid for three minutes of work. So, <laughs> it, it's kind of rewarding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish. I see you're stunned speechless by it. <laughs> 
Uh, I just had to reach for the unmute button. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good, though. And uh, this is a quality season, whereas season 12 had no drama. They started right right off the bat with, like, tons of drama. So (laughs) I I look forward to watching this, especially since we can't record any more Drag Race episodes for a while. So it's going to be a drought, (laughs) I feel. Um, On Matt's HBO subscription, I've been watching a show called Legendary. And it's essentially about these different uh, ballroom houses that go against each other in, like, Vogue competitions. It's got Megan Thee Stallion on it. It's got uh, Jamila from um, The Good Place as Uh, one of the judges. Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamila Jamil. And uh, a few other celebrity guest judges that we may have known from other things. I think it's just really interesting. I don't know. That's just why I say it's addictive. It's something to put on. It might be my dishwashing. Show. (laughs) If I had to wash dishes, (laughs) we got a dishwasher. Ow. We do too, Um, but we use it for drying. (laughs) (laughs) I'll question you about that off the podcast. (laughs) I don't think Um, we're using it right. Next is a favorite of mine at home with Amy Sedaris. Uh, it's continuing with season three. I love it. The episodes that we missed include one that was just an entire parody of William Inge's Picnic. If you've ever seen that play before, <laughs> no, <laughs> no one <laughs> can't so, can't say I have. So essentially, the play is about like a drifter that comes into the southern town and like steals people's hearts. And this drifter does, and it's just funny how the drifter woos their way into this backyard party. So essentially there's this stump in the backyard, and people keep tripping over the stump. (laughs) And Amy's next door neighbor, who's like really Southern, like a big daddy stereotype, is like, that stump has been no good ever since it came into this land. And the drifter comes, and he just rips the stump out, and everyone celebrates it. It's a show after my own heart. It's stupid. It's over-the-top drama for no reason, over nothing. Um, I just love it. I love it dearly. And then we had an Easter special with drunk older sister of Amy Sedaris herself and a gayster, fan favorite, lover, need her in more things. Nice. She's playing an alcoholic and she's like, I'm going to take that baby for a swim. <laughs> Snatches the baby. It's got to learn sometimes. Uh and uh, Amy's like, um, I'm sorry for being an enabler. And then her uh, um, Anna Gayster turns to Amy Sedaris and is like, thank you for admitting your share in this problem. <laughs> but I'm still going to drink anyway. Hmm. It's a good time. Good, funny time. Uh, Killing Eve ended season three. No spoils. Um, I'll just say I ship it. <laughs> That's all I'll say. And I still don't know where this story is going after three seasons. Oh boy. But but I'll keep watching. <laughs> Damn straight. I'll keep watching. I just I've never seen TV like it. Like there's a plot and the well, stakes are high, but it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> you, you watched Westworld though. Yeah, that's true. But Westworld had it so bad it's it's awfully good moments. <laughs> like Oh, I can't get over that genre episode. I'll never be over that genre episode. And then What We Do in the Shadows also ended its season two. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't uh, watch this finale yet. Um, They had the Witches. Did you see the Witches episode? Hmm. I, I want to say yes, but I, I'm blanking. I don't recall what happens in that one. 
there's uh, witches in Brooklyn and they kidnap uh, Landor, Nandor and uh, Laszlo for their sperm. No, I didn't actually. Oh, oh, I I thought it was the weakest episode this season, which is odd because I love a a good witch reference, (laughs) but uh, the finale more than made up for it. Nice. Uh, The finale was great. It's uh, it's set at the Nouveau de Vampire Theater. Uh, We get some some teases for season three, so I'm I'm just very excited for the show. Best show. (laughs) Best show. One one middling episode does not a bad series make. Yeah, I think it's great. It's it's a little bit inconsistent. I've, I've, even the first episode had some bumps. I mean, first season. Uh, second season, I think, has fewer bumps, but they're still kind of there. But uh, I, I don't know. It It's not always firing in all cylinders, but this mm-hmm. show uh, doesn't need to be all the time just because it's already so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And that's all the TV I watched in court. Bang, bang. Mark? Uh, I got two things. Uh, first one, eh, not too exciting. I watched Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh. This is uh, <laughs> in vain of like Star Wars meets uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, I was going to say that, but I didn't think they would make a show like <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, so this it's 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 kind of cute. Uh it's um even yeah, this is on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they've been teasing this for 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 a little bit. Uh, this this is hosted by Ahmed Best, be, better known as Jar Jar Binks. Uh, but he's he, but he's playing a a Jedi Master character here, and um, uh, who who also has like two droid companions, uh, a, a sort of like female protocol droid esque three C three PO, uh, who you know a uh, voice by Mary Holland if that rings any bells. Uh, but uh, yeah. she she's uh, yeah. <laughs> I know she does a lot of uh, TV uh, uh, appearances. Oh, I, I know her from uh, podcast appearances. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, she she's pretty quippy. You know, has a little bit like back and forth uh, with um, Ahmed here. And uh, another kind of uh, like R2-esque uh, droid that gives... You no, know, they're, they're just there for commentary and like you know, slapstick. But uh, basically the premise is uh, it's, three, it's set up into three teams, like, two, like uh, three... Uh, uh, like two, uh, uh, three teams of two that uh, try and do these uh, challenges. I spread up in the three, I think, that have to like assemble their lightsaber and like there's like trivia involved here as well. And then it goes into like the, the final challenge of like going through a whole big kind of obstacle course. And yeah, and then they just kind of like they have to get their lightsaber crystal and then you know then then they make their lightsaber. I bet you want to be on this show real bad, don't you? I, I, I th- maybe when I was younger. I mean, I, I, it's weird too because now they're also bringing back Legend of the Hidden Temple for uh, for adults now. From what Come I'm on, hearing, children, stick your hand in Omex's mouth. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's cute. It, it's definitely like it's say uh, so there's an attraction at a at a disney world for the star wars uh park where mm-hmm. uh, you make your own lightsaber so matt doing that but like put a big you know like spin on it where it's it's, it's all you know physicality and stuff like that and yeah it's it's definitely for 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 kids to get themselves immersed you know do any of them fall that. i love to watch a good kid fall yeah there's a fat kid that falls once in a while oh yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> not to make fun of fat kids i i, I was oh, i was a fat kid once i still but, am a fat kid <laughs> so, but but uh it, it, you know, it doesn't it, 
I think uh, the, the the first two episodes are uh, are on uh, Star Wars Kids uh, YouTube channel up right now, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just a cute time. Uh, I think uh, you 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 might hear some uh, some other like uh, voices of uh, Star Wars past as well. Who knows? I can't wait to not get those references. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's 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 definitely just you know it's 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 a children's thing i only watched the first episode and you know like i don't see myself just like going back and rewatching it or stuff like that it's uh i just wanted to check it out from for myself mm-hmm. so yeah uh the second one i don't know if it counts as uh listen a, a bunch of my stuff just came from youtube but uh <laughs> uh it um I don't know if it's considered television, but I'll talk about it anyway. I watched it yesterday. It's the uh, Dave Chappelle special eight uh, forty six. Um, very, 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 very good. Um, it's uh, just it's uh, Dave Chappelle just basically just like kind of commenting on the uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement as of right now. It's very, very powerful stuff that he's saying right now, and like uh, really just like coming a lot from his own personal experience and especially just with the uh, with times right now how crazy they are uh, and uh yeah it's uh it's very very good i it's it, it's on youtube and on a few different places that you can check it out um it's uh yeah it's it's definitely a, a must watch for for those that uh that want to ke- keep themselves either caught up or uh see things from a different perspective as well so uh, i i highly recommend it Nice. Yeah, it's, it's it's not so much funny where it's 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 very more uh serious in, in its tone so uh i i really appreciate it and uh yeah that's uh that's all i got yeah i think right. i got that one in my uh saved for later yeah it, it, it's only like 27 minutes long so yeah definitely worth um it. ring 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 hello is that the movie phone I ain't picking that shit up. Got bupkis. I got I got one movie. All right, I got three, four, four. Okay. So should I go or should you go? Uh, you know you go. I'll go last. Okie dokie then, um, gentlemen. The Bergman box, as of this recording, you know, I think I got only one more left. Ooh, one more. Thirty-nine movies. It only took me two and a half years, but I'm <laughs> I'm reaching the end of that Bergman box. Um, I watched two more this week. I watched Bergman's 1958 classic, Three Women. Oh, sorry, Brink of Life, which stars three women, and I actually thought it was very interesting. Um, it's shot in black and white, um, and it's these three women discussing their different experiences with pregnancies. Like some of them have had miscarriages. Some of them are in the process of giving birth. I I just thought it was a really interesting, short, sweet, uh, dramatic piece that gave you a little bit of a glimpse into each of these women's lives. Um, And then I watched a classic and this one will confuse me forever because it has Ingrid Bergman in a (gasps) film directed by Ingmar Bergman. Wow. I just can't. It's called Autumn Sonata. This is the first time I saw it. I know Matt thought once that I would enjoy this. Um, I think there was a poster, and I was like, which one of these two do you think I would prefer or have seen? And Matt guessed Autumn Sonata, and I said, no, I haven't seen that yet. Um, <laughs> it was a while ago, but it yeah, is... I think I remember. Yeah, Ingrid Bergman and Liv Ullman playing a mother-daughter relationship, and they're coming to terms, and it's just another one of those Bergman films where it's 
shot almost entirely in close-up shots of these two actresses talking to each other over a night and they fight and it's very emotional and I it, it's good it's good um it's just a typical Bergman fare um so if I had to rate these I'm being surprised like how much I love his older work as opposed to his newer work um the last one I'm going to see is the biggest challenge yet it's a 320 minute um TV edition of Fanny and Alexander, which is apparently his best work. So hopefully oh, wow. I'll get that done in the next two weeks, but I have to strap in for four hours. <laughs> well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a big one. But uh, um, respect to Bergman for, you know, not relying on uh, casting his daughter so much, you know, just <laughs> doing it right at the end. I don't <laughs> think that's how it worked. <laughs> So props for that uh, non-nepotism. The next thing I watched, returning to another quirky director we all might love, Yorgos Lanthimos' The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, I've been meaning to catch this. It is on my list. It's interesting. Um, It's always like Lanthimos to give us this world with this strange... Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's just this strange circumstance that's going on. It has Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. And basically this kid comes into their lives and things go a little bit haywire. It's, it. I love the shots on this movie, but at the same time, I, I was kind of bored during it. I hate to say, mm-hmm. um, but it was interesting. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd probably place this above the lobster in my opinion. I'm not a big fan of the lobster. But it definitely wasn't as good as The Favorite or as uh, Dogtooth, the other two that I've watched in recent memory. But it it was interesting nonetheless. And I I love a good Nicole Kidman picture, even though basically everyone in this film is, their acting is just, they're not like showing emotion at all. It's very, it's very strange. Yeah, I I remember um, seeing the trailer for it and it it definitely intrigued me. But then I also found out the premise for it and it, it intrigued me even more. But then... I don't know. I just like how you kind of like describe it, where like everything just feels gray. Well, you know? all his movies are kind. Of, well, his older work is kind of sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he does that. It's kind of his thing. Uh, I just this one didn't click with me as much as I thought it was going to. It's shot beautifully because it's an A twenty four produced film. So mm. yeah. Um, and then lastly, I just finished watching this. Before uh, coming on the podcast, I got to Spike Lee's The Five Bloods on Damn, Netflix. You beat me to it. Right? Yeah, and oh, I can't wait to talk about it. I don't want to spoil anything, but I there was a turn in this movie where I said shit. <laughs> I I honestly and truly meant it. Like my jaw hit the floor. Like it's fucked up. <laughs> I, but it, it's a great movie. I I loved it. I, I never thought that two and a half hours flew by as fast in recent memory. Like I haven't seen a movie that good since, uh, or that well flowing since parasite, I think. Um, So I, that's just how I felt. I, I love the acting here, especially from Delroy um, Mindo's performance. He plays Paul. Is it Paul? I can't remember, but um, he's, it's just about these five guys going back to Vietnam after fighting in the Vietnam war uh, to, uh, hopefully bury one of their comrades who's played by Chadwick Boseman mm. and uh, find some gold that they buried there. Hmm. Mm. Uh, Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Any thoughts, Mark, that you want to continue the conversation with? Oh, no, no, no. I, I was oh. just, I, I haven't watched it. Like, oh, I was going to say, like, no, 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 no. I, I was going to say, we're like, because also the re- recording time, I was, I was wondering, it's like, oh, do I have time to catch it? Because it just came out yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, it's it's definitely there. That's that's still on the list too. So maybe ne- maybe by next time I'll have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just a really good watch. I appreciate Spike Lee even in these quarantine times. He's giving us a topical message to think about and talk about. And I mean, shit goes down. It feels like a Tarantino film. <laughs> and I'm just like, like like I said, I literally said shit. <laughs> oh, and. I just want you to be aware that even though I don't think one's going to present itself in my life, I am constantly afraid of landmines now. I just, it's one of my biggest fears, top fears, right above clowns now. I do not want a landmine anywhere near me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, fair enough. Yeah. And um, that's all the movies I watched. Cool. All right. Well, I just, like I said, I only have one movie to talk about here. And, uh, I, I, I've already kind of teased it for you guys, and it, it drove it, you to drink. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, I had I had to pull out the, the Casey Yingling, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's the new hit uh, hit Uh-oh. Disney film Uh-oh. from your from your, everyone's favorite series of novels, and that is Artemis Fowl, Ugh. or should I say Artemis Fowl Smell? Because this movie is stinky. Yeah, it, I hear it's awful. It's not good. It's not a good movie. <laughs> Um, so I, I have not read these books, mm-hmm. um, uh, ergo, like I, I have no relation to it and I, I just kind of like watched it on a whim, you know, I did, I don't think, I don't think I even see the trailer for it, uh, yeah. but, uh, it somehow just piqued my interest. So I decided to just turn it on. It's about maybe, uh, an hour 30, I think, which is way too long for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, just because I had to sit through it. But it, it's uh, it, I, it's it starts uh, stars um, I, I, um, unknown kid I think. And yeah, I don't know who the hell this. So is. so yeah, yeah he. Um, I, I don't know him, but I feel like I've seen him many times. He's probably in that King of Arthur uh, movie oh, that Matt loved so no, much. They were they were British kids in that. <laughs> Well, this takes place in Ireland, and it focuses on this uh, this kid. Oh, actually, the movie starts off like at the end of the movie, kind of, and it starts uh, and it's narrated by Josh Gad, who plays Munch uh, Diggins. Yep, yep. Much yep. uh, <laughs> that character is way better in the book, mind you. And he's he's uh, described as a as a giant dwarf. So yeah. so he's just a regular person. Uh, they just did that to cast Josh. Oh, it sounds horrible. <laughs> I know. Also, like what made more sense to me is why he's in this movie. One, Disney, and, and two, this is a Kenneth Brenna film. Yeah, yeah. And and, and uh, they've already worked together uh, on um, uh, the Orient Train or Orient Express. Yeah, but Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, Judy Dench is in this movie. Yep. Who plays? I guess. Uh, so, all right. Wait. Hold the on. Now, Matt, Matt, do you know this movie? Or do you know this premise? Whatever. Nope, not at all. All right. So basically, uh, the, the, there there is a uh, the the kid uh, Artemis Fowl here is the mm-hmm. son of Artemis Fowl Senior, played by Colin Farrell, and okay. he's accused of stealing art for some reason. None of this happens in the book, mind you. And because oh, he he goes missing, but also these other prized items go missing. But somehow he's accused of stealing, and I don't know why. It's that's never explored. And so um, Artemis Fowl Junior here is 
uh, depicted as uh, someone who's like a savant. He's good at everything. Like he cloned a goat when he was 12 or something like that. The thing is about Artemis Fowl here is that we're all told this. We're not shown any of this. Yeah. We don't know why this kid or we don't we don't know. We're not seeing how he's like so smart or whatever. You know, it's 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 just that basic movie premise. We have this amount of time. How do we convey that this kid is is just smart? Oh, we'll just we'll just have Josh Gad narrate narrate it all. Like, oh, okay, okay. And they literally pull a scene right out of Goodwill Hunting, where he sits down with a therapist, and it's like, oh, so uh, is there anyone that you relate to? It's like, oh, of course, uh, Albert Einstein. What about someone who's alive? And, and then, like, he gets all emotional and, like, defensive, like, oh, well, well, yeah. And then he just, like, leaves. And, like, okay. And, uh, we, where's, there's really no relationship between him and Colin Farrell here as well. It's, that's another kind of montage narration scene where it's like, his father told him everything about fairies and leprechauns and trolls and dwarves. And, okay. And then, and then uh, Colin Farrell just leaves, and then he's stuck in what seems to be like uh, like uh, Black Root or something like that, and it's just kind of engulfing him. And then uh, there's like a MacGuffin in this movie. I, I yeah, I, I heard about this MacGuffin. It's it, the the Atreus or something. I don't know. Uh, I didn't care to remember, <laughs> but he has to find this thing, and and then we're not. He's not giving any context as, as to how. It's just like a mysterious figure that says, "You have to give me this for your father, or he'll die." And then I, and it's like, how do I find it? You'll figure it out. Click. <laughs> and uh, so he he's then discovered that his family is a lineage of people who who try to keep peace between the human world and the fairy world mm-hmm. and fairies are, are basically they just live underground and they're, they're all like kind of they all they're all science the that like that it's it's like that's that typical thing where it's like oh we're, we're merging magic with science mm-hmm. and okay and, that's and, in the books and, <laughs> that's and, one thing and uh so yeah uh, and things just kind of happen uh-huh. I, 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 this movie is, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't like any of the characters too. And like, we're also like told, like, this is another thing of tolling. So his, his, his Butler, who was named Dom, mm-hmm. I think here, who well, was, who's just called Butler in the book. He was played, <laughs> uh, he, he was, um, so this actor, I, I don't know his name, but he was in season two of game of Thrones. He's, he's the one who, who was with, um, kind of like, like kind of like saying, Hey, Khaleesi, like I'm, I'm a good guy, but I'm not a good guy. Mm. He he was the one in the uh, the Merchant City who kind of betrays her and she locks him in the in the uh, in the safe at the end of the season. Right, I don't know if you guys Thrones remember. Is he, yeah, what's Game of Thrones. He's kind of <laughs> he's kind of gorgeous, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, he he's he's a big kind of like like um um uh, dar- like uh, dark skinned man, um and, and then he he kind of betray- betrays her uh, towards the end. You know, they try to take over the city. Anyway, um, oh, he was also in Pan. Yeah, he, man, he's in a lot of shit. Yeah. That's um, so <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, like Josh Gad also like says like, never ever call him the Butler. Like, oh, he's probably that's he's probably saying that because someone will call him a Butler later. No one ever calls him a Butler later, and, and, and it's like like little things like that. Like characters are introduced here for no reason. Like his niece. Uh, uh, um, here who's like who does nothing? She like she this girl's introduced and then does nothing for the entire movie. I think just help helps Artemis do a couple things, 
And there's a fairy character here who is also like a police officer. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um and 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 she she she's okay I, you know if if i have to say she and josh gad might be the only two entertaining things but saying josh gad is mm-hmm. not saying too much here yeah. also judy dench plays this uh this i guess police officer Commissioner or she, root <laughs> yeah and she has like a gravelly voice here it's like as if like she has tuberculosis as well <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, her as Deuteronomy might have killed her. You gotta, you gotta get back here. You gotta, we gotta get the thing. Like that's how she's talking in this movie. And like you gave up the James Bond movies to do this. Like, like, like people thought this was gonna be a franchise. This movie is not good. This movie is terrible. Um, yeah, I think uh, it sounds like they pulled the Wrinkle in Time again. Oh my God! Speaking of Wrinkle in Time, um, uh, the, so they have to recruit Josh Gad who. Who is a dwarf that's good at digging? Yeah, uh, he unhinges his jaw at one and point. And he eats. Yeah, yeah, he eats. And, that's what he does in the and, book. And then eat like eats thirt, dirt, and, and then, then comes out of his. Out. And yeah, t- comes yeah. comes out of his ass. He's shooting <laughs> shooting yeah. dirt out of his asshole. I, I was just like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> that sounds Jesus. true to the book. Oh, <laughs> uh, that sounds. It, I mean, if you wanted to paint an image, I just did for you. Yeah. That um, sounds foul. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of this movie. Oh my god! One more thing I want to talk about here. So uh-huh. there, there's 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 sort of like um. So our our hooded antagonist here recruits a person who is in prison, and then it's like you have to uh, intercept or you have to like um, get get into the fairy officers guild or, or like you like because i guess the fairies are like a, a police force i guess uh-huh. and and uh he's like oh it's like oh okay and but he's also like he's now high ranking I, I don't know how this person went from like being in a prison this is like at the same time as the movie's going on and it's like mm-hmm. i re- and like he's just introduced and he's like punching down on, on judy dench here and it's like i don't understand your position here and like like how you're able to like get close to her and who are you? I don't, this, this character never has a name. He's kind of like a sub villain. And, and then he, he's never like, he kind of fucks off for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, I, I never understand like his, <laughs> his premise here in the movie. Like I, this movie's doing a lot of that. First he had a uh, check Butler. Now you got check <laughs> this guy. I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's, there's a chunk in this movie that was just, cut for time oh. they're, they're just there's just large large parts of the movie of exposition oh, yeah, yeah that, I, that, I have some tea cut. on that <laughs> um i know that author aaron colfer said that this is a complete bastardization of his work so <laughs> um i just want to say like those books are great like there's some of my favorite young adult literature that's out there mm-hmm. the reason why i wanted to love this movie along with wrinkle in time which is another great uh, book series that they disney has seemed to make a habit out of bastardizing is that artemis in the books is a complete and utter asshole but the story is told from his perspective and it's like the first time i've seen in literature especially for children that the villain is the main character and he takes like five like progressive books to actually become a better person and we see that going on i i love what they do in the novels with like the the blend of the the science fiction and the fantasy elements and they do a really good job they actually have you care about these characters and i knew just from like casting josh gad as mulch that i would not have been a fan of this film 
And it's sad. I'll, I'll give it a watch and I'll give my more structured opinions, but it's just sad in this day and age that uh, with a certain author who should remain nameless, she who must not be named, uh, making rants on Twitter that, you know, I can't even turn back to my young adult series for the joy that I once had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. I think, um, you know, with the 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently going through the list. Uh, okay, so this is actually not Disney's worst film ever, <laughs> but uh, it's in the top, or I guess bottom, let me see, fucking ScreenRant.com taking forever to load. Uh, it's in the bottom four. Wow. <laughs> of all time. Like, this goes, rough. this goes back to Blank Check and Mr. Magoo. Wow. <laughs> Is I, victory I, through air power down there? <laughs> I'm, sure. I, 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 I'm someone who would praise those movies way over this one, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I, I, I kind of liked Mr. Magoo. I had a soft spot for the movie back in the day. He was just an old bitter man. <laughs> even, even blank, even blank check. I, I remember watching that a few times. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know if I have fond memories of it, but I don't. I wouldn't put in like the bottom, bottom. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the worst of all time is uh, the Big Green, which I've never heard of. Yeah, I never heard of that. Hell it's long. a soccer movie. Interesting. Wait, is this with uh, the kid from the Mighty Ducks? Could, it could be. It's <laughs> it, from it, five. Hold on, give me a second. The Big <laughs> Green. I think I know what you're talking about here. Soccer movie, right? Yeah. And honestly, this little excerpt oh, it says it says I have said quote exactly what you'd expect from a kid's soccer flick. Lots yeah, of balls being kicked. I I know I know what this is. Yeah, this this uh, oh no, this has the Sandlot kid in it. He's he, you know you're kill like you're killing me, Smalls. Oh yeah, he's, he's on the front of the cover here, uh, and he still looks like that to this day. Actually, uh, yeah, this came out in '95. I remember wa- watching this movie. It can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. Not as bad as Artemis Fowl. No, I mean I mean, no, it can't be that bad. I'm gonna watch it. It's free on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, all right um with yeah, that, that that's my movie that, that that i just i just wanted to rant on that for a bit if i just had that that's no, the last, no that the last yeah. thing I, I had for today no, so no that was good yeah, yeah i can't wait for that to rip out my heart later on <laughs> I, and i oh. downloaded the books too so i don't maybe i'll read them <laughs> if they have pictures mm, they don't damn it <laughs> They're actually very wordy for children's novels, which is part of the reason why I love them. I felt smart. Er. Kind of good. Yeah, they're uh, 99 cents each on Amazon, uh, Kindle, and Google they're Play. They're good. They're a fun time. A lot of I would describe it as very like Ocean's Eleven e. Like okay. a lot of them are heist ish. Yeah, that sounds pretty and good. It, oh, really, yeah. That's one thing at the end of this movie. So there's there's no talk of heist in this movie. Yeah. Or like aside from like much much diggums here. Who's much like that, that, well, that I I don't know if that's uh how it's described on, on the on the credits. I, I don't. But uh, like Artemis, I, that's like the one of the last lines of the movie where it's, he goes like like I am a master thief. Like you didn't steal anything. <laughs> Literally. Uh, <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. I, uh, this movie went through so much behind the scenes. I think it had like a ton of reshoots and probably editing problems. And they oh, they planned to release it in theaters, like yeah, for years and years, and it kept getting delayed. And they that were, was one, that they was made oh, the right move. 
that was one of my reactions to it where it's like this is a 2020 movie like there's a fight sequence in this where like the when they have to, artemis and uh mr butler here have to fight <laughs> also his last name's a butler yeah <laughs> uh so that's the joke too um yeah. yeah they have to fight off these uh fairies that are and it's supposed to look like a one shot but it's there's there's like several different cuts that make it terrible and then it's like we have to retreat but they only fought three of you and there's a whole army and I, I, oh god it's 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 bad oh and they have um there's one one more thing i'm sorry i keep saying that there's at least one or two sequences here that are like you know, you know that wave effect where it, it looks like you're kind of tripping a little yeah. bit. There, there, I want to know a thing about that now. So, <laughs> all right, do you remember the Hannibal movie? Yes, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're um, what's his name is about to die being eaten by the pigs, uh, in the wheelchair. Get <laughs> uh, Gary, Gary Oldman's Gary Oldman's yeah. character, and then the pigs like go and like like eat them but there's like a, a shaky cam wave effect that's that that makes you think like you're you're not watching a pig eat a puppet so there's there's something like that but it's when someone like like moves a control pattern i'm like what it why did they do this here <laughs> it didn't make it didn't make sense to me it didn't make like just just for like that one shot yeah yeah well that that's it that's all i have to say <laughs> All right. Um, our next segment. Anyone see any theater? Because are we going to even trod the boards this week? Because no, I didn't. I didn't see anything. I got nothing. The boards <laughs> shall remain untrodden. I know. I feel sad. <laughs> My baby <laughs> doesn't get any action this week. There are plenty um, of people trodden on the boardwalk. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't be. We're going <laughs> to spike all over again. <laughs> right in that COVID, baby. I think next time I'm, I'll, I'll try and watch some Star Kids stuff and uh, I'll report. Oh, that. oh, I love Star Kids. You have Maybe to watch we can do that. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. There, there's um, a, there's a handful I haven't seen. So oh, they're they're all good. They're all mm-hmm. good. Um, what's our next? Oh yeah, we're off to the races, <laughs> disc junkies. <laughs> Has your horse come in? Because I didn't bet on anything this week. The only thing I've been listening to is uh, Lady Gaga's Chromatica on loop. So. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I haven't listened to anything. Uh, I haven't listened to much, but RTJ... Save us, Matt! <laughs> uh, Run the Jewels. That's uh, Killer Mike and LP. Uh, that kind of uh, pretty pretty famous now rap duo. They kind of uh, just really... I don't know. They they kind of came out of nowhere. They, they were popular names in underground rap, but just as soon as they started working together, they really started to blew up. Uh, to blow up, especially with uh, starting with RTJ2, and then uh, 3 came out. Some people felt it was a bit of a letdown, uh, c- considering 2 was like a classic, and people were, many, many critics, many people rated RTJ2 as the best album in its year. And uh, now we got RTJ4. I think it slots in between 2 and 3. Um, I still have to really take a deep dive with the lyrics and everything because uh, there's a lot going on here but it is it's a good fun listen energetic gets you pumped as a lot of rtj stuff does um and uh some of the production here is is pretty solid too there's a contribution from dj Premier on the lead single ooh la la now that hook 
there's the hook on that song I could not really get used to for a while. But um, I started not really thinking about the hook and just thinking about the beat. And the beat is is pretty solid. It's it's good stuff that is a little unique for for Run the Jewels. It's not really something that they've uh, done before. It's not really in their wheelhouse. Whereas the rest of this album is more, uh, I guess, usual fare for them. It takes a lot of that like um, harsh electronic sound from RTJ3. And um, yeah, there's just there's more of that, but it works pretty well. It's uh, I think if you listen to kind of like Jesus era Kanye or uh, mm-hmm. Life of Pablo era Kanye, it's uh, somewhat similar to that, but not as experimental. It's uh, more accessible, not as noisy and crazy. And uh, yeah, just, you know, some of the raps here, they they're killing it. And I think they got um. For, I think, just one of their tracks, they got Zach De La Rocha again from uh, Rage Against the Machine, who was uh, previously with them on RTJ2. So, uh, yeah, I, I still don't think it scales the heights of that record, but it is always uh, always a pleasure to hear more from this group. Uh, they used to be really prolific. They would release like an album a year, and then now they've kind of slowed down, so there was a lot of anticipation building for this one. And uh, they actually surprise released it early, just in the wake of all the uh, racial tension because uh, killer Mike is kind of a, kind of a big activist down in Atlanta. And um, there's a, a speech from him about the protest that's kind of been making rounds or had been making rounds a couple weeks back. So uh, it's good. He's uh he's a good voice. He's a, a necessary voice and he really uses rap as a, as a solid platform for uh, just getting some harsh truths out there. And yeah, no, we just we need more interesting acts like these people. They they really got a lot to say, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like uh, lots of other people don't in comparison. So when they talk, they really make you listen. It's RTJ four, check it out. It's uh, I think you could even download it for free. I'm pretty Ooh. sure they uh, are giving it away for free on their website, but it's also available on all streaming services. Nice, that's cool. <laughs> But uh, apart from that, that's that's it for me. Oh my gosh, is this our first under hour twenty minutes episode? <laughs> no, we've had I, we've had others. I yeah. think I might cry. <laughs> it's been a few weeks though. Yeah. Um, well, I'm happy you're all doing well. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I get to see your smiling faces soon, but not too soon. We shouldn't be going outside because those cases spiking is really adding to my anxiety levels. Oh yeah. Um, no, those but, reopens uh, weren't. But, uh, justified <laughs> not at all it's no. i i really love how like pretty much nothing has changed in the infection landscape the only difference now and the only reason why we're reopening is because uh people got tired of it <laughs> i can't um people... but <laughs> <laughs> at least we have this escape <laughs> indeed yeah um so anywhere that our fans can find you all on social media uh, you can find me over at uh, MZBro Junior over on Instagram or Man Who Wears Hats over on Twitter. Hmm. You can find me casually drinking in my living room for the tenth day in a row, <laughs> or you can find me on social media at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drinking Read JK on Twitter, or you can follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake, where Dan is throwing at me a surprise that's based on our topical childhood literature. So I have a few inklings what it might be, but. 
I'll see what that is tomorrow. And you can find me, uh, Matt Cabrera, not on social media um, because of uh, the restrictions and the well, there's there are no more restrictions, but there's uh, a, a lot of madness out there. So you can find me on unsocial media and I will not give you instructions on how to do so. <laughs> Good. Um, well, hopefully next week our watch as we continue our Netflix and quarantining. I don't know about you. But this quarantine hasn't been good on my love life, so I wanted to bring some spice back into the bedroom and try something new. Oh, na na na, come on, we're gonna get kinky. Bartender, movie podcast curator, and pretentious cinema snob. Nightcaps at the theater, yeah, that's right. Oh, you heard of it? Well then, friend, let me top you off. It's thanks to people like you that this little show of ours can make it into the final reel week to week. How else can Mark fund his Funko Pop addiction or Mac create a new internet handle every episode to avoid the FBI? We can't thank you lovelies enough, but why not keep the party going? Do you want to have a conversation on campy cold classics, question foreign flicks, or massacre movie monstrosities? Then look no further. Reach out to us on social media. You can follow our humble little podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. And if you aren't listening to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, whatever, and rating, reviewing, and for goodness sake, subscribing, well then, we might have to tell Aunt Ida to put some cha-cha heels on to kick your ass. I think I talked your ear off enough, though. But put that wall away. This last nightcap is on us.